<laughs> Music to my it's ears. Back. What are you pouring here, Mare? So, this is Wine Snobs Treble Rouser. They're 2016 that we got oh. to try with Ryan and Lindsay in Glen Ellen the other day on this beautiful, beautiful day here in Sonoma County. I had to bring it back for you to try because guess what's in this? I mean, it's a blend, but my guy, Lou, immediately thought of you with this blend. Mm, well, I feel like this, the, the fragrance on it is like I accidentally fell back into a pond <laughs> of the most delicious blends of wines I can imagine. Right? And um, I smell beautiful oak. I don't get a lot of oak on it. Mm -hmm. And it sort of has a little bit of that minerality on the nose that almost tastes a little or smells a little bit like an altitude wine. It could have been from That's a slope of some sort. And um, let, me <coughs> let me go deep into it. <laughs> oh my goodness, Meredith! Can you do you know how to make lollipops? Because <laughs> no. I would just love to have a lollipop of um, this. Let's ask. We'll go ask Ryan and Lindsay if they can make a lollipop let's of this. Let's do it. This is so delicious. I know. I, I mean, I'm getting a yeah. little bit of my favorite. I got a little zen yeah, in there. You're right. You're right. That's it's not so. It, there's some zen, not a lot, but I, of course, thought of you. So it's 67% Merlot. Ooh, the softness in the floral and a little bit of that sweet acidity. Mm -hmm. Ooh. 17% zen and 16% Syrah. Oh, some deepness. Yeah. That's, that's that, where the, the lollipop the is coming through. I feel through. like that deeper color in here. Oh, the color is beautiful, isn't it? I think this is That's fantastic. a true Burgund burgundy color. And this is, they paired this with, you would have, this is where you really missed out on what they paired with it, barbecue chips. No way. Mm -hmm. I think it was mesquite barbecue chips. And let me tell you, Lou. That's crazy. I would. I should have gone and grabbed and some. And it paired beautifully it was, with it. And I think that's just a teaser of it would go great with any. What are we going to do with these millennial winemakers that are coming up with barbecue chips? They're fantastic. I heard they had some crazy pairings. They were. I loved it because they were all about how not all about. I mean, they're highlighting their wines, but how much wine and food are meant to go together. Okay, Lou, I'm ready for you to listen to what everyone else is going to get to listen to. This is such a fantastic interview with Ryan and Lindsay. Mm. Started Wine Snob Wines. You got to listen. So welcome to season two, everyone, and listen to Ryan and Lindsay. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Major Crush. This is Meredith Griffin, and I'm missing my buddy Lou Zant today, but sometimes we've got to divide and conquer when you have an opportunity to get to talk to a great couple and them share their story, and he had something going on, so we're going on with it, but we have our producer, Sonia, Hello. here. She may hear her interject. She's gonna be my sidekick today. Your wingman. My wingman, that's a better term. <laughs> It is a absolutely beautiful day here in Sonoma, California. I can't even wrap my so mind around what a beautiful day is. I can hear birds chirping, but you're gonna hear all of that too. So if you hear some background noise, just know it's because we're sitting in this 
beautiful outdoor area of Sonoma and today we have the honor to get to talk to this really special couple Lindsay and Ryan and they have I think one of the coolest most unique stories about how they started Wine Snob their wine label so thank you guys so much for being here today thank you thank for inviting you. us excited. excited well we're so excited I think for people to share their story and I'm just gonna open it up these are two people from the Midwest. Lindsay grew up in Wisconsin. Ryan's from Iowa. They met in law school in Minnesota. Correct, I have this all right now? Yes. Yeah. And now you're making wine. Okay, how did that happen? <laughs> Tell us the story because I think this is so cool. Well, I think it goes back well over a decade. Um, we were living in Minneapolis at the time and we went on a trip to Italy. Um, it's kind of two, two parts of the story. Okay. Um, so we went on the trip to Italy and we were sort of into wine, but not a lot at the time. Okay. And everywhere you went, basically instead of water, the <laughs> offering was wine. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I, which I love about Italy. <laughs> right. So we had a lot of Italian table wine. Yeah, um, lunch, dinner, <laughs> <laughs> not always breakfast, but the other two. Uh, so we kind of fell in love with it. And then um, my boss at my job at was very into wine and his holiday gift to all of us was a bottle of what we learned was very nice wine but um, we didn't <laughs> know at the time and we um, we had a nice little dinner of uh, Pizza Hut and <laughs> he got yeah let's open this bottle fantastic Pizza, Pizza wine. how did that pair yeah it was amazing it was the first time we like said this is better than Italian wine that we had <laughs> on our trip and it was it was really really rich and deep and complex and layered and that was the first time I think I ever really noticed it or appreciated it and we both kind of look at each other and we're like this is something different what is this and then we and we googled it and found out it was indeed <laughs> a very special bottle of wine <laughs> so the, the partner at the law firm this big big powerful firm in Minneapolis where Lindsay was working gave this awesome bottle of wine and we pair it with Pizza Hut. Yeah. For many years we hid that fact. Which was perfect. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, hey. Hey, but wine pairs with anything. It, yes. So that led us to one of our... Um, are we going to, are you going to tell us what that wine was? It was a Turley... Turley Zinfandel from a single vineyard in oh, uh, wow. Central California. Yes. Oh my God, it's so funny. Turley was one of my favorite uh, one of the ones that first introduced me to Zinfandel. I didn't mm -hmm. think Zinfandel was great. So, and Turley's a pretty good name of Zinfandel. Mm -hmm. It does go well with pizza, though. I think it it's does. a perfect pizza wine. And Lou's nickname on the podcast is Mr. Zin, and he would love this story. <laughs> I can't wait for him to hear it, that you guys fell in love with wine on a Zin with Pizza Hut. That's mm -hmm. classic. So let us, that's one of our fun things now, is we like to do fun pairings with yeah, and I can't wine. wait to talk, like, get into that yeah. as we taste some of your wines, why you choose certain pairings. So tell us, so that's when you, you fell in love with wine. So you're in Minneapolis, Minneapolis, can't say that, Minnesota. <laughs> Let's go with Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. And um. we just, then we, every now and then we make a point whenever we got vacation time to come to wine country and learn more and more about it. And the weather, the, the scenery, mm -hmm. the beauty of the place was just inspiring <laughs> to us. Like, like to many people yes and it drew us in and it was kind of a thing where it was always a dream that we wanted to get there but we didn't know if we'd ever realize it or how it would happen mm -hmm. and then we so slowly kind of migrated this way and um, a couple turns here and there and we made it mm -hmm. and so 
now we're kind of really, really getting started. So tell us about, I know you first started, so first you moved to Sacramento, mm-hmm. and then you made, I, I had the pleasure at the panel, you were doing the wine tasting and getting to try your wine, and you have, tell us about the first wine that you made and why, or the, you made two, two wines mm-hmm. initially, right? So mm-hmm. tell us about the first two wines, um, and I think you're pouring one of those for us today, maybe a different vintage, but pouring those wines, and what, yeah. what led you to actually diving in like you dove in and you're Mm -hmm. doing it what was the impetus for that well we were still in Minneapolis at the time actually um when we came up with the the name for our label and um we wanted kind of the whole point behind the label is we want it to be really high quality but affordable and fun we were in the midwest it's really actually kind of difficult to find good california wine that isn't really expensive Mm -hmm. um so that was kind of our mission (laughs) Um, yeah so true it is it's very hard to find and I would imagine in the Midwest mm -hmm. it's even harder (laughs) when we're in Minneapolis we'd have and we'd reach out and find wineries and have them send us samples of things and stuff that we could contract with and that was our initial approach that we could hope that we could do a private label that way but okay. we, went, we t- tried wine after wine after wine. It was kind of fun. They'd show up in the mail and we'd yeah. taste it. And we'd make a big event of it. We'd blind taste it, put on, oh. you know, you turn around. I'm going to pour these three wines from different places compared to the ones that you get on the grocery store shelf. Uh-huh. And then we're going to do them all blind and see what we like. And if one producer stands out, then maybe we'll consider trying to work with them. That's such and a cool... Oh, I love that. So it... We found some that we were okay with, and we almost got there, but we just couldn't get over the hump until we moved to Sacramento. Oh, really? Okay. And then um, that made it so much easier because you could you could go to the winery, you could have face-to-face meetings, and really find mm-hmm. out these grapes did this and this vintage, and it turned out to be this wine with this flavor profile. And we could learn from there that if we get grapes from the next vintage, and then the characteristics are similar, then the wine might turn out the same way. Oh, I see. Or we could tweak the winemaking process, the methods, more oak, less oak, do a lot of different things. You could start to have more control Mm -hmm. with the future vintages. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we picked, uh, we wanted something that was um, fun, So and but we also wanted something that was recognizable, so Mm -hmm. we went with um, Chardonnay is our first because we figured that is a recognizable varietal, and, but we could do something, we could find one that's a little different. Right. Yeah. Um, and then our second one that we added in was Tempranillo because we wanted something that was kind of a little more under the radar grape. Mm-hmm. So we could kind of pair something that, you know, is yeah very familiar with something that is just a little bit more off the beaten path. So I those were our first two. How many wines did you have to taste before you found ones that fit the profile? Huh. <laughs> I mean, good, it's research, right? It is totally hard research. <laughs> we do a lot of research. <laughs> I, it was quite a few. Quite a few. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dozens. Um, I would say more than a hundred. Really? Mm-hmm. To find the right Chardonnay and then the same for a Tempranillo? Yeah, because I think we... Um, for the Chardonnay especially, we didn't want anything that was um, super oaky and buttery, but mm-hmm. we wanted um, something that still kind of had a little bit of a um, 
classic feel to it also mm -hmm. but the twist um, and we did a lot of blind tasting too like he was saying where we would pick something that was you know pretty expensive all the way down to you know like <laughs> not that, that, yeah <laughs> and just to see where our what we were picking yeah, we won't name names. fell into yeah, right um and so we we ended up you know we knew we found the right thing when ours won from our tasting and it uh, beat the thing that was considerably more expensive oh yeah That's what a fun how, that yeah. must have been kind of fun to go through that process of doing the blind tasting mm -hmm. it's, very fun it's of fun <laughs> All right, so now you're pouring some of the Chardonnay for us, and this is kind of your baby. Your Chardonnay was your very first wine that you developed, so it's like a first child, right? <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about the wine, but I also want you to dive in, because as I'm staring at these bottles and looking at this label that you have, I, I really think you need to share with people the meaning behind this label, and we're, we're gonna post a picture oh, of their yeah, label definitely. and their bottle so you can yeah, see this. All of the information about your about your wines will be in our show notes so people can find you. Yeah, perfect. So awesome. yeah, first of all, I'm looking at this beautiful mm. golden color. Gorgeous. Wow. Congratulations and well done. Yeah, cheers. I mean, cheers, cheers. to that. You're, cheers. This had to be so, how, what did it feel like to put a label on your, your first mm -hmm. bottle of wine and actually have it to sell? <laughs> it felt pretty fun, a little <laughs> surreal, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, especially when we first started, you know, when somebody bought the first <laughs> bit of it, it was yeah. pretty surreal, but exciting. Yeah. yeah. And this, I have to tell you, you did exactly what you're saying. It has the qualities of a Chardonnay. You're getting all those, you know, the color and then the, I, I mean, I, I'm not great at talking about wine because I, I try not to get too into it, although I sit here and usually smell wine forever. Mm -hmm. But you get all those characteristics with the, you know, I think I get like a apple and mm -hmm. a pear and the, but like it's soft. It's not buttery. It's not oaky. You still get nice acid quality on the palate. It's a beautiful color. I don't know if that. Yeah. If that's what you're going for, you you definitely <laughs> choose. And this is this is the kind of Chardonnay we talked about in one of our episodes. So so many people come out to California and they're like, anything ABC, anything but Chardonnay, right? Because they mm -hmm. got so used to those big oaky, buttery ones coming out of Napa there for so long. But this is delightful. This is one I don't need food with. I know you do have a little pairing here <laughs> with it. So what are you pairing with this Chardonnay? Although I could just sit here and drink this. <laughs> So we like, um, we have a number of favorites that go with this. We like good mac and cheese. Oh. Um, we brought a little um, easier to bring outside <laughs> on the yes. picnic table, some cheddar popcorn. Uh, oh. We love with our... All right, well, I have to try that. <laughs> I'm all about the food and wine pairing. Well, and we did an interview, and this is obviously, because I know I see on Instagram all the time, and when you've done things, you're always pairing your wines with food, because it is, and you... Italy, right? Italy, wine is just part of the meal. It's mm -hmm. not separate from the meal. Like you said, it might be at breakfast because <laughs> it's so much a part of the meal. <laughs> yeah, so we, that's the other fun thing we like too is um, on some of our labels on our copy, we try to make the label copy kind of fun, um, which sometimes is some food pairings that you might not um, otherwise expect. So mm -hmm. um, we put box mac and cheese on this because it doesn't need to be fancy. Sometimes mm. you want a bottle of wine and nice easy dinner and <laughs> box mac and cheese works just fine. It works. Yep. Also, I Back. can't cook, so. Yeah, and so <laughs> when I make, when I try to make a grown up or a more gourmet, <laughs> yeah, gourmet form of mac and cheese, 
David loves, my husband loves mac and cheese. He doesn't, he just wants the box. <laughs> but I think it's, there's comfort in like the childhood memories of yes. the box yeah. mac and cheese. So I've, I've stopped trying to make fancy where I add vegetables to it. So yes. it's, yeah, yeah, forget it. That's so good. But I love that. I love that concept of it doesn't have to be fancy. Ooh, I see butternut squash risotto mm -hmm. on here. Ooh, now that's if you fancy. can make that, yes. <laughs> Great <laughs> pairing. You know what I, I think is so cool about the fact that you guys started out with a Chardonnay is that a lot of times when you're being welcomed into a, uh, into a party, they start with a white like this. And it's just such a great conversation starter. And I think you guys started a really awesome conversation about wine snob with this wine. Mm -hmm. So can you give me a little bit more on your label, like on the front of the label and the whole concept behind wine snob because it feels friendly and welcoming like your wine. Mm -hmm. And I will say cheers to the to cheddar, cheddar popcorn with the Chardonnay. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Yeah, so let's see, we came up, basically we, once we decided we wanted to start um, a wine label, we started thinking of, you know, what would we call it? And turns out, um, you can think of a lot of pretty cool names that are already taken. <laughs> oh, right. That's so true. We spent so many times having conversations of like, how about this? And how about that? And there were, we had a list. We wrote down a list. And because uh, we'd do them one by one, then we'd Google it and it'd be taken. Oh, so then gosh. we'd think, okay, let's try another one, taken. And oh then so gosh. finally, we went on a trip somewhere. And in the car, I remember you had a pad and paper and we were writing down names. There's some wild turkeys if you hear the gobble in the background. Maybe so, they'll come visit us. Yeah. Wild turkeys taken. <laughs> yeah. Right. Turkey. Popcorn. Yeah. So we were just making this list of name after name after name. And we get home and we Google them all. And they're all, all re somebody's got them already. So it's all oh, used up. Or you just mm -hmm. like, oh, oh my so gosh. So frustrating. It was frustrating. we get excited and then like, yeah. oh, buzzkill. <laughs> and then finally we were going for a walk around a lake in, in Minneapolis and just a little walk that we always did and um, just kind of get outside and I think you came up with it well, I know you came up with it and you said what about wine snob <laughs> just just came into your head just yeah I don't even know yeah just kind of came but we wanted wine snob with an asterisk is kind of our Ooh. the full name because we it's a it's a play on wine snob mm -hmm. um, so we wanted it to be fun but also like Kind right. of ironic. Yes, yeah, exactly. Because you're every anything but wine snobs. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. we hope so. Hope so. <laughs> yeah, no. I think the label, and then you have the owl. So where? How did the owl come to be part of it? So we had the name, and then we thought, okay, what else goes on the label? And we could put it, you know, just we thought of different ways, just like just just the words, just the name, just whatever. And then I thought owls are kind of snobby in some way like <laughs> the smart all. owl know it all yeah exactly and so i sketched up a rough draft of this and then since we wanted to kind of make it more approachable for the um everyday wine consumer and um not have you know a square label with a name on it no offense to those wineries but right. uh, just want to stick out something stand unique. Out. yeah and so we went we took our little owl and the name to um a friend of a friend who designs craft beer labels in minneapolis oh okay and he gave this drawing life and it became the label that we have today it's yeah. really cute and i love that the owl has the bow tie <laughs> and your bow tie colors are different based on the wine that you have which yeah. is really clever too <laughs> yeah. yeah and his little eye roll 
Yeah, he does. Kind of his. He does look very like. Uh, yeah, he he does have a little bit of a snobby <laughs> attitude yeah, he's there. He's so fun and playful that I don't feel like you're, the irony is not getting lost on that. It's <laughs> for <terrific>. sure. <laughs> yeah. I can thank Mike at Chuck's Print for that. He, he breathed a lot of life into this. It's for us. really, really, and I've, you know, I know when I came into the panel and you were doing the white. I mean, the label immediately stands out. You know, you immediately are drawn to this label because it's not over the top but you're kind of like it just makes you curious <laughs> so are you this the chardonnay which is a 2016 is delicious are you gonna make another vintage of chardonnay so we were actually that was the question that we had just been thinking about over the last um, several months as we're getting to the end of our um, vintage with this one and so we kind of we were revisiting doing another Chardonnay um, with the 2019 harvest, but we actually, um, in our blending trials with the Chardonnay that we were um, thinking about, actually decided to make a fun little blend. Um, so we're doing a Chenin Blanc with uh, just a hint of Chardonnay in it. Oh, that's so exciting. That's oh, yes. wow. Yeah. Okay, so that'll be a 2019 19. vintage, mm -hmm. and when will that be released? Sorry, I'm just like, when do we no, get no, to have yeah. it? I'm <laughs> ready. Come to a blend. Yeah. <laughs> Probably in April. A couple months. Oh, yeah. Yeah. so very oh, soon. Oh, well, I can't wait to try that. We, we will we, definitely hunt you down. <laughs> we were awesome. talking the other day. Chenin Blanc is rare in California. Mm -hmm. um, typically more France and I know, you know, South Africa's known to make Chenin Blanc, but very mm. rare here. I mean, it's definitely, I feel like it's that thing where people in California are experimenting with more varietals and mm -hmm. Chenin Blanc. So what, yeah. is it just because you tasted a Chenin Blanc that you thought, wow, this is great? Or was there something that led you to be like, oh, let's do Chenin Blanc? Yeah. Well, we've got this really good relationship with this family that grows the grapes and um, is in Clarksburg. They've been in Clarksburg, California for many years i think in the 80s they started converting their farmland from different types of crops okay. into grapes okay. and so they have a lot of wines that they a lot of different grapes wine grapes that they grow and one of the things that clarksburg is known for is having a lot of chenin blanc mm -hmm. and so they they have some of that under vine and we decided you know they do that really really well so let's give that a try mm -hmm. and see if that would you know be something that would fit for our label and what we wanted to do in part was, um, when we get into the reds, you'll see that our first reds that we made were big, bold, rich reds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so we kind of wanted to add to our lineup and have a little bit more softer side, more delicate side. So our Pinot Noir that we'll get to later is um, really light and delicate and bright. And the Chenin Blanc will be kind of in that way too. It'll okay. be really light, lower alcohol. Um, I think somewhere under 13 oh, percent nice. and it's just really refreshing and crisp yeah and it has some um we'll have some of the same characteristics from the chardonnay uh -huh. we're doing about 25 percent um chardonnay so oh. it's, it'll still have some tie to our first chardonnay bottling but um just a different a little different path oh i'm so, well i'm excited to for that to come out and the vineyard is really cool because it sits along um tributaries to the American River which runs down from the the Sierra um, snowmelt in yeah, the spring so okay. that the water comes down and the vineyard is right on the river so oh. it brings us cool water down from the mountain 
and the soils there are also a result of that. All the soils are, they had, I don't know, centuries of flooding uh -huh. of, of uh, the Delta area in, in uh, Central California. And so yeah. the soils got these really different characteristics of all these. Uh, if you walk down the rows, you'll find seashells and all sorts of weird really? things that you oh, wouldn't wow. expect to find in a vineyard in Central California. Um, so the cool. qualities that that's imparting on the the vines that are uptaking that nutrients has to be it's unique from other places for sure mm -hmm. it is and so you've got the cooling effects that come from the the bay and the coast that come into california and keep uh, keep the vineyards cool at night combined with the cold water that comes down from the mountain and um, keeps this little microclimate at this vineyard really cool so that's why you can get this lower alcohol crisp right. grapes which is unique because i would imagine in general i think of clarksburg being much warmer than mm -hmm. obviously here over in Sonoma County is, is that tr true so that makes it unique because I would imagine they needs to cool it down to keep that low alcohol mm -hmm. yeah and if you if you get into like the real details of the study of it the um, degree days is how are how they measure um, temperature and climate and how it affects um, the the grapes as they grow uh -huh. and the degree days there at this site are really similar. If you put them on a graph, they'd, they'd almost exactly overlap Carneros here in the oh, southern really? end of Sonoma Valley, which is oh. pretty cool yeah. temperature-wise year-round. Yeah. Wow, that's so interesting. Mm. I love learning about, I mean, not that it's a new region, but I don't think a lot of people are familiar with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we've only talked about it when we talk about Chenin Blanc, too. On yeah. any of the episodes <laughs> when anybody's even brought that varietal up, it seems to be the premier place for that grape, mm -hmm. which is well done on you to mm. figure that out with your little genius brains yeah that, that's where you should be <laughs> <laughs> is that also i know um where you're the tempranillo which was one of your yes. other first wines that you created is that also mm -hmm. where the tempranillo came from yep. yeah okay all right tell us about that wine or wh i don't know if that's is the that one you want to pour or sure sure we can go yeah anywhere. I'm, well, I'm loving the way you're unfolding the story with your <laughs> first two little your first two little Heart. And Project. was the Tempranillo released at the same time as the Chardonnay? Um, no, we had the... The Chardonnay came first. first okay. That's pretty. And um. the Tempranillo is our second one. Um, same family who grows the grapes. Oh, and okay. We thought, you know, this is one of the best things that they make. The wines they have produced in the past from this vineyard are really awesome. So we thought we'd give it a try for our label. I love the aroma of this, and it's a white, a lighter color. So you, this came out. This is a 2016 as well. 2015. 15. Okay. okay, so yeah, so this has a. So this one, this one's big brother. It is. It, it spent more time in barrel um, than the Chardonnay. So it's an older vintage, but um, a later release. I think a lot of people aren't as common with Tempranillo, or they're used to Tempranillos that come from other regions, right? Mm -hmm. Again, not necessarily a lot of California Tempranillo being produced. Would you, I think for our listeners, just a little bit about the grape, and you chose it to be something out of the box of not being a Calif you know, mm -hmm. a standard Typical. California. So it's um, Spanish grape, and we, like you said, we, you see it, Occasionally, you see a domestic Tempranillo, mm -hmm. but not very frequently. Um, and I think it's one that can kind of come in different styles. Um, and we really like this one because it's um, 
it's a, a it's very flavorful it's mm. big and it has a lot of different flavors but it's not overpowering it's balanced it's balanced which it's kind of hard to do sometimes with, you have a warmer site. This is a warmer site in the vineyard that, where these grapevines grow. Okay. And so it tends to get you know, big, rich, full, ripe flavors in it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it still maintains an acidity that's yeah. pretty... I'm pretty picking that up. I'm definitely awesome. getting those those big, bold flavors. But you're right about the city. But it's also very light. Like, yeah. I'm not feeling... Not, it's kind of hitting me. It's heavy. not a big, heavy high tannin wine it's very light mm -hmm. but and i feel for some and sometimes tempranillo especially coming out so tend to be a little bit more overpowering and bolder and fuller in flavor mm -hmm. so again this must be unique to an area that's typically a warmer climate and i usually feel like a tempranillo is like more towards the end of the day but we're here in the middle of the day and i'm absolutely it's happy with how this is feeling in me mm -hmm. like i don't feel like i'm gonna tank on this one. It's really good. Yeah, no, it's a... Uh, I'm more influenced by how it makes me feel than Lou and Meredith tend to be about how it tastes and all of oh. that stuff. It, like, it, this feels lovely. It, it, it like, kind of dances on my palate. Like, I get mm -hmm. so many different flavors going on. I'm, I'm sure the other thing is it's got a little bit of age, so I'm sure that's helping it. It's even probably developed more flavors mm -hmm. and more things yeah, going so on. Yeah. We get a lot of well cranberry and fig mm -hmm. and yes, like cranberry. almost like a brown mm -hmm. sugar at the end. I wouldn't have um, said cranberry until you said it. That's exactly mm -hmm. what I'm tasting. It's really good. And what's interesting, and I, I'm again, I, I teach nothing's right or wrong in an answer, but I always second guess myself <laughs> when I start thinking I'm smelling something. But I, and on the aroma, I also get a little bit of like a licorice and mm -hmm. yeast smell. But, and sometimes you worry when you smell that, that that's going to like overpower on a palate. But I love the, the mm -hmm. fruit component of this. Absolutely. And this is one of our favorites because it, um, stands up actually really well to spicy food. Oh, so this okay. is our like food truck burrito, like food spicy pizza. Okay. Um, it's it surprisingly does really well with like with some good spice. spice. Yeah. I'm gonna get this for David. He's a spice guy, so pair that with his spiciness. Okay, so tell us what you're pairing with this mm. tempranillo. Mm -hmm. So we have, we've got two options here for our um, spicy food lovers, some jalapeno kettle chips. Mm. And um, for a dessert option or non-spicy food lover, some choc dark chocolate covered figs. Right, I so took the hit for the spicy <laughs> and that in is for so that. good. And I'm taking oh it with the dark chocolate covered figs. Oh, you cannot go wrong with that chip. Oh my gosh, those are... <laughs> Mm. You guys are really, really making it so easy to fall in love with your wine because there's just mm. no obstacles mm. at all. And the, the wine snob concept is just genius because I really feel like everything that you're doing makes it possible for me to enjoy your wine. I get out of my own way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is delicious. So mm. I'm typically the anti-dessert with mm. red wine person. I, I usually am. Yeah. This is... So it's delightful. Like typically when I have something sweet and then I have a red wine, I get a bitter taste in my mouth. This I don't. It like mm -hmm. actually brings out so much more Maybe fruit and softens. Too, right? It just it's, like gives you more to work on your palate. I'm okay. I might be sold on this. <laughs> this might be my go-to <laughs> dessert wine. Converted <laughs> at the wine snob taste. I'm taking a second bite. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, this is delicious. So going back, you made the Chardonnay, you made the Tempranillo. Um, just to, when did you actually, I know you did the Chardonnay first, but when did you actually release the first Chardonnay? When, how long ago was that? Time flies. I, I don't <laughs> even know. Um, is it a year, year, year and a half, year and a half ago? ago? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how did you first start to? Two years ago. Has maybe. Been? Yep. In April. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Coming up in two years. <laughs> April's always a big month for you. It sounds like. It yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how, how did you first get that? How did you first start selling it and get the word out about Wines Mom? Well, we, um, at that point had moved, we were in Sacramento and, um, spending some good amount of time in Sonoma. Um, and we met some wonderful friends who, um, have a wine shop and we had been selling it online, but, um, that's difficult without people mm -hmm. um, seeing and feeling the bottle and, sure. and maybe even better having a chance to taste it. Right. And so at the panel wine lounge in Sonoma was our first place where they really you know, put it out there for us. They mm -hmm. really helped us out a ton. They were super friendly to us. And shout out to the um, panel. They're amazing. I love the people <laughs> really at the panel. The they're a great too. family. Mm -hmm. And that's where I first had your wine. Mm -hmm. They were a huge help to get us, get us really rolling in Sonoma because mm -hmm. before that we've been focused on the Midwest a little bit mm -hmm. and okay. in Sacramento and to get here in wine country and to really kind of put our roots down is a, a big step for us. Mm -hmm. And which that might lead us into the next wine that you're going to pour yeah. and then do you want to share the exciting news mm -hmm. yes i mean Absolutely. i think I, and we we need a full glass so we can toast it yeah and i will tell you i i didn't want to give it away when we sat down here but i'm excited we for you pumped. to share because i think this just shows i mean you just decided one day let's start making wine and you did it <laughs> and now it. share this exciting news so we um, found, fell in love with the property in Glen Ellen, which is where we're sitting, um, in the site of our future vineyard. This is so <laughs> exciting. So we are sitting exactly where they're going to be planting vines in about a month or so, <laughs> month to two months, they're going to be planting vines right where we're sitting and they're going to start growing their own grapes, which I think is so exciting. I mean, it's got to be exciting, but I'm sure there's some reality to that as well. We all see yes. it from the outside, yeah, the like, oh, you got the, you know, we all think of like drinking wine is very sexy and like, we're, and but like the process of, thing. <laughs> the really. process of getting here is not, not that. Well, we had been um, looking at properties kind of all over okay. for a while, um, but we had always, we love Sonoma mm -hmm. County, we love Sonoma, um, we love Glen Ellen, um, and we, with the help of a, our lovely um, realtor who knows everything about this area, um, found this little hidden gem yeah thank property. you sue <laughs> go sue sue, sue you is, picked a good spot i mean buddy. the the view here is beautiful you're surrounded the energy there's here is just mm -hmm. soft and With, exciting and lovely yeah it's a very peaceful spot i love hearing all these birds Great. chirping and wild, wild turkeys <laughs> for us um, a couple years ago when the wildfires went through sonoma mm -hmm. We were, we woke up in the morning and you know, there's sirens and smoke mm -hmm. and all this crazy mm -hmm. things that are happening. It looks like the apocalypse and right. we were 
fairly new at that time to the area. And so that really, going through that experience with mm-hmm. everybody and all the, you know, the stress and the trauma and the, all those things yeah. that so many people went through. And that really, we felt like, you know, this is a community that we are part of now and now we're really part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so this property that we're on now um, was burned pretty badly in the fires. You can see the trees yeah. around you. Um, okay. We've actually, 40 to 50 trees have already been removed that were oh, damaged really? and killed. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And then, so we're, we're going to rebuild here and be part of that, that story. And so that and really... And that hope. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that life keeps growing and continuing. Yeah. That's the thing that the vines teach. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. hardy. They work hard. They're here for you. They yield incredible stories. And mm-hmm. then when you're a winemaker with a sensitivity like you guys have, there's such a great story to follow. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it's really been humbling to like have the opportunity to be a part of it and be a mm-hmm. part of the rebuild and really become part of the community. We're we're new here, so mm-hmm. we've really got to you know work hard to you know, integrate with the community and be yeah. a part of it and you know and you know do what we can. And I'm, yeah, um, and now you're putting your roots down and really investing in the community. Literally putting your roots yeah. down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I follow, obviously, you guys on Instagram. And so often when you're talking about your food pairings, you often you'll say from the, you know, butternut squash they're selling at the local farmer's <laughs> market. Like you'll put a plug in for the local produce that's being grown as a perfect complement to the food you're doing. Mm-hmm. So you can see that you're, I mean, it's a way of life. It's a, a part of it being very committed and c- connected to the community, yeah, mm-hmm. so which cool. I think is really well what's spe- special about you too. Oh. It's, it's um, fun. It's, it's fun to be part of something, mm-hmm. something bigger. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I know that kind of leads us to this next wine that you're, Yeah. and I, I'm really excited to, uh, I've heard, I've been told about this blend. So this yeah. one is, Oh, hear that sound? <laughs> I bet that's making everyone thirsty. You want to ch- come check out Joy Wine Snob? I describe it for you, but you got to taste it for yourself. You know, you can never, you can, it's never the same as sitting here and actually enjoying it, but, but we definitely, we can get it for you. Yeah, we definitely try to tempt you <laughs> by our descriptions and what we're talking about. So this is our Sonoma Valley uh, red blend. Wow. So we've got, um, got three different varietals in here we have it's actually a merlot heavy blend so 67 percent merlot mm-hmm. 17% Zinfandel and 16% Syrah it's that aroma but on the label what are you guys calling this that is <laughs> so we called it treble rouser I love that this is like a loo wine <laughs> yeah <laughs> Super for <naughty>. sure <laughs> for sure I'm gonna have to take some of this back to share with him I think you gotta get yeah. the trouble rouser this is so good <laughs> so it's kind of a play three varietals mm. on, so treble mm-hmm. and then rebel rouser because there are three varietals you don't see you don't paired know. together very mm-hmm. often so um yeah we wanted it to be a little bit a little bit fun um also all sonoma valley so they all each varietal comes from a single vineyard in sonoma oh, valley very cool so Connected. It's bringing you back to it's bringing yeah. you back over to Sonoma. Yep. Yeah, and one's Glenellen. So. And Merlot, the biggest component of the wine is Glenellen. Oh, it's delicious. And this is a I noticed a 2016. Mm-hmm. So you just recently released this, is that correct? Correct. All right, so we're really sitting here enjoying this treble rouser, and now I see we have a pairing with it. What? Tell us about that. 
So we picked a couple of things that are our favorites with it. Some blue cheese. So it's the point, the point Reyes blue, which is one of our favorites. Ooh, um, okay. And then also some uh, mesquite barbecue potato chips. Oh, some mesquite. Ooh. Oh, so you're saying barbecue. Or bourbon. Might. I'm sorry, bourbon barbecue potato bourbon chips. Bourbon yes. barbecue. Even better. <laughs> better. But you're implying that barbecue is going to go really well with this. So beyond the potato chip. Yeah, some good barbecue. Yeah, it's kind of brings a up the sweet spicy zen. situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm. a little bit of pardon uh, the noise of the sorry. chips crunching, <laughs> but we have to try. Don't be jealous. I know you're gonna have to come out and try this. Yes, yeah, it's, it's good with some kind of like the the rich cheese, a little bit of um, barbecue mm. or like a. Pulled pork That's or grilled so veggies. It changed the wine so much. It totally. It, wow. I liked it before I ate the chip, but then like it's got all these things that are popping out for me that are really interesting once I had that chip in my mouth. That's really fun. I feel like I get it bring it kind of highlights the fruit after I have me that too. taste of the barbecue. Mm -hmm. The barbecue. I mean, and that's the hard thing, right? Everyone's palate's a little different, so people are probably gonna get different flavors, but mm -hmm. And that's one thing that's fun about a blend is that if yeah. you like a certain certain kind of red or whatever, you can have you know, one food pairing will bring out one of the grapes or it'll go with this right. other food that would traditionally go with a different type of grape. And so, yeah, the blend is, it's kind of diverse and it gets a lot of different different things that kind of come out of it with different pairings. I'd love for you to bring that awareness about how much food can change wine. Because again, when I do my wine and wellness seminars, I often, that's one of the big things. It's just becoming more aware. And often I know we've all had this experience, right? We go have a glass of wine and we're like, oh, I don't really like this wine. Well, it, but it's because once I have it and I don't have food, I'm like, oh my gosh, this wine is great. But what I was eating with it just was bringing out some bitter flavors or whatever. So I think it's so important to bring that awareness. Just, I always say every glass of wine is an opportunity for an act of mm -hmm. mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And for sure when you pair it with food. And that brings us like this wine is special beyond it just being a delicious wine. Tell us a little bit more about this wine. All of our grapes that we put into all of our wines are, they absolutely have to be sustainably farmed. Mm. And the uh, better yet organic and better yet biodynamic. Mm, okay. And so that's mm -hmm. probably how we'll farm this vineyard when it's Biodynamic? It's yeah. Okay. And this wine in particular is from um, really small vineyards. They're not certified organic because they're too small to have the expense to get a certification of them. Okay. But the that's vineyards are all farmed wine. with organic methods and the wine is made to be a clean wine which is um, something that is low in histamines and low in sulfites so the safe way to make wine is to put a bunch of sulfites in it so it preserves it mm -hmm. it's a preservative and it keeps right. it from going bad and um, grocery store wines by and large will have many 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 parts per million of sulfites in them mm -hmm. this has maybe dozens And how do they, obviously you just limit the amount of sulfites used in the winemaking process. Yeah, it's naturally occurring, so it's yeah. always going to be there. Right. Um, but then there's, an, um, you just basically don't add preservatives. Mm -hmm. And so it tends to um, be more friendly if, if people are sensitive to that. Yeah. They'll sometimes get a wine headache or there's mm -hmm. you know people that have that. And they'll try this type of wine and it, they won't get a headache. Yeah. And that's not for everybody. Alcohol can cause a headache. Right. Oh, overconsumption, <laughs> <Yes>. typically. <Yeah. laughs> but this one, it's just a little bit more more friendly 
I think that's, and so when you do, you're going to do biodynamic farming, do you anticipate that you'll probably also try to in, in, um, implement some of that lesser yeah. sulfite? I mean, I know it's a, it's a, it's a tricky situation because you definitely need a certain amount for pr- preservation preservatives and it does it's a natural mm-hmm. occurring right. it's just when people add excess of that mm-hmm. that that can cause some issues yeah i think it's more about just kind of trusting it and mm-hmm. we've worked with um you know the winemakers we collaborate with and help us out and guide us are really good at you know knowing what the recipe should be yeah. and like for, for the for the process and so to, I, think it's, I think it comes with confidence and just trust that you've done it and you know that it, it can be done and it, it'll be safe if you yeah. go with less. I think that's, I'm, I'm now I'm going to buy more of it. So <laughs> will your wines age well or are they men, made to be consumed in the moment when you get it? Both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, like about any red wine that'll last, uh, this probably has a 10 year life in it. Okay. Um, yeah. You could probably keep it longer, but that'd maybe be on the riskier side. It's ready to go now. No, I mean I would yeah. say I'm, I'm, maybe I'll put a couple bottles aside, but, <laughs> but yeah. I'm ready. It's so fun to pull out with friends. I, you yeah. know, I can see lots of opportunities that like, where you're just hanging out and having an enjoyable time with people that you love. You pull out a bottle that brings the love together too. And so that's a pretty cool thing. That you and I think doing. this wine is just so like food friendly it went with both of these things which i think i shows exactly what you're talking about how it Mm -hmm. goes there's different qualities of the wine (laughs) it goes with two very different things something Mm -hmm. you know the blue cheese and then a barbecue like both were how could they be more different but they both i had different experiences when i tasted the wine after eating both yeah yet it was still the same wine yeah and i never got like oh like i never had that i'm really sensitive to food's impact Mm -hmm. on because that's I'm always looking for that. I'm kind of a nerd about it. So neither, both of these made me go, ooh, I like that wine even more. Is it for you or did you? She has the palate. I just go along for the ride. So so that's (laughs) kind of where you like to play in (laughs) Mm -hmm. the, in the, oh, that'll taste good with this. Right, right. I can't believe that you're not a good cook with that because that's what I feel like I'm a horrible cook because I can never really imagine what something would taste like. So you've got an imagination for food for sure. Yeah, I'm better at eating the finished product. Than <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to be, everybody needs an, a good eater. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ryan and Lindsay, I know you have one more wine to share with us, and this is a new release. It's your first Pinot Noir that you've done, so tell us about yes. this. Well, this is our, it's a Russian River, Pinot Noir, Ooh, and um, there's so many different styles of Pinot, and we um, we wanted something that was a little bit lighter to complement the rest of the wines that mm-hmm. we have, um, Very light. and we found this one, yeah, it's, it's really light, mm, it's really light. fruity, but it has a little bit of earthiness to it, which oh, we like that yeah. balance a lot. Um, it's been good with everything we've tried it with so far. Yeah, because I do <laughs> see that you have... A, oh, really a real looking cheese. Yeah, so Lou is missing out mm. on this. Totally, Lou. A little truffle brie. Truffle brie. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's this wine I love. I get all those really like common flavors you get, aromas and flavors, I guess you get with uh, Pinot cherry, um, fruit. But I get that earthiness too in there, which I'm assuming and is I why you're pairing it with Russian this mushroom. River. Yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
All right, mm -hmm. so we're supposed to try it with this. It was, yeah. Mm. Dig into that one. I tried it before I tried the cheese. That's mm. really good. <laughs> <laughs> Pino's my, Lou's Mr. Zen, I would be Miss Pino. She's my, and, and my husband's Mr. Yeah, Pino, so. Mr. Mm -hmm. And he's brought me to that side a lot more. Uh, I also, because of the way I like to eat, I tend Pino often is a better mm -hmm. food pairing. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. Lighter foods and. Lower alcohol, right? Typically lower alcohol. This is delicious. So you, so this is just released. Um, and so talking about that, well, you decided to do something lighter by making a Pinot Noir. Kind of going back to where we're sitting right now and you're getting ready to plant vineyards. What are you going to be planting on this property? And talk a little bit about, because I don't think everyone are, and it's just, I think, so fascinating. When you decide to plant vines, you just don't go out and decide on a mm -hmm. grape and start planting. There's a process to that. Mm -hmm. The first time I remember coming out to California and tasting wine at wineries, I was kind of wondering, like, why can't they just all grow all grapes right out in front? Like, everybody can grow the same grapes. Like, why wouldn't you just have Cab, Pinot, Chardonnay, all the usual suspects all right in one spot, and then you grow it, make it, and sell it. That's very but logical of you. That <laughs> comes from me who grew up in Iowa in cornfields, and you can grow corn, soybeans, and hay, and it doesn't matter. There's no... doesn't matter where the, it's the, grown. The, the terroir isn't the same. Right. It's not as important. Mm -hmm. um, but here, it's the, the climate makes a huge difference, and so you've got to have you know, however much heat, however much sun, however much um, wind, all, all these factors, soil type, everything has to go into it to decide you know, what grapevines will survive and do well and produce really high quality wine grapes at a particular site. It really is which way is the wind blowing. I mean it's it's very detailed and it's fairly scientific about it so we've been consulting with a bunch of people trying to find out okay what would grow best here and mm -hmm. what should we do. So this site is a little it's, it's in the middle of Sonoma Valley so it's a little farther north than the bay Okay. and Carneros, which is Pinot territory, and it's a little farther south and farther up valley, which gets a little bit warmer and becomes more cab territory. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of right in the middle of those two ends of the spectrum, and so that leaves us to what we think we're going to plant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Big reveal. Yeah, so we were thinking uh, Grenache. Um, mm. We love Grenache. Oh, we I love Grenache. <laughs> That's exciting. And we wanted something, yeah, I want something that Perhaps we could do a uh, rosé um, mm. sometimes, or oh. we could do a red. Um, we like Grenache in blends. Yes, so yes. We wanted great, something great choice. versatile. And oh. it's, not, it's not your, it's, it's surprising like you, right? Whenever you end up experiencing a wine that you don't hear about every day in the Northern California wine country, it surprises you. Mm -hmm. Lou and Meredith constantly work on trying to teach the listeners to not be afraid of names they haven't heard of all the time. Mm -hmm. And it always comes to proof because yeah. it's so good. And both in grape varietals, but in names of winemakers, mm -hmm. I think. Not that there aren't some great big name wineries. They do great job, but there's so many out there yeah, that are, do. there's so much passion. And it's also just such a, it's a passion project, but there's so much love put into it because it becomes, you're doing Absolutely. it because you, you love wine and mm -hmm. you want to share that with everyone else and you're connected to the community. So it's one of the benefits, why we want to do this podcast. We want to introduce people to wines. They Not only wine varietals, but 
wineries that they haven't heard of it and get to know some really special people and I feel so fortunate to have gotten to know you guys and that you were willing to share your wine and do the podcast with us and I think it's really important we share with people how do they get your wine because I you know it's it's hard you don't have like a brick and mortar right right now Mm -hmm. maybe down the road but you also it's harder when you um, are small and there's fine so how do we find you because i'm i know i'm gonna <laughs> want some of the i'm buying that some of this wine. really good cheese Lindsay, you rock buddy. that <laughs> you yeah rock. The, you've got the pairing thing down <laughs> do. for you sure are making this wine so easy to talk <laughs> about and i really want people to ner- learn how they can experience and this it. pinot's fantastic and I'm gonna put down what we ate with them so when they buy your wine they can see what meredith and i just and they i love through. that they're easy things like you these aren't making yeah, some gourmet food. You can but just go buy some mac and cheese, delicious <laughs> things. It's fantastic. So tell us how we can find you. So we have a website, and that's where we do primarily do most of our sales. Um, snobbyowl.com. Love it. <laughs> and then we also, um, the panel carries mm-hmm. uh, most of our wines. Uh, we just released the Pinot. Um, and then we are, we actually have on special right now at um, Hot Monk is our Tempranillo. So. Oh, that's so, Hot so Monk if you're is a local. You can get hooked yes. up with some snobs. <laughs> is it the Hot <laughs> Monk? I know there's several locations. Is it all locations or the one Sonoma. here in Sonoma? Da- Sonoma proper. Okay, mm-hmm. that's good to know. Um, I think we need to go to Hot Monk tonight. I think we <laughs> need to have that. Yeah, well, I've got to get a couple of these to take back and mm-hmm. share with Lou so Absolutely. he can experience we, these. We definitely want Lou to be involved in all of this. You guys actually have a kind of funny past with Lou. Would you mind telling that story? Yeah. 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 Lou is well known. Is like, he's famous. He's, yeah. kind of, he's kind of a big deal. At least he thinks he is. Right I don't now. know if we should tell him that. I can't. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can work I with him if that head gets bigger. That, no. I think that. So tell us how you met Big Lou. So we had this. As we mentioned before, it was our kind of our favorite vacation destination for years. We'd been coming out to wine country, um, and he was um, pouring wine at one of the tasting rooms that we frequented um, several times, actually. And we always remembered Lou. Um, we always hoped that he would be our guy when we were at the, <laughs> that place. Um, yeah. yeah, and I remember going in and sitting down, and this tasting room had this beautiful setting overlooking a little bit of a valley and some vineyards and it was just absolutely wonderful but Lou's personality and the fun that he brought to it he's just just yeah. completely carefree just completely relaxed mm-hmm. it made you feel so good and just you get away from whatever stress is going on in your life you just sit back relax and and Lou would bring you wine and make jokes and keep us entertained <laughs> and that's us what a, it's all about yeah. yes yeah. yes mostly gave you and your mom a hard time because <laughs> <laughs> um, you're big 10 time. people and he's yes. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We talked about football and yep. and wine and football. It goes together. Perfect. Tailgating. Yeah, oh, tailgating. Yeah. You've got some good <laughs> wines that would pair well with tailgating. A constant theme that's been running through, and Meredith points this out so beautifully almost every episode that we have, is that the power of wine is it connects people. You know, it's like you can get all snobby about it and all right. on your high horse Uppity that, you know, you're tasting yeah. things like tennis balls and shoe leather <laughs> and stuff. And, and that's, that's fine if that's the conversation you want to be in. But at the end of the day, I would rather be sitting at a table with two people like you mm-hmm. who are respectfully and 
joyfully pursuing their passion of wine sure. and then putting it in a glass. Well mm. done you. And but wine connected all of you. us. It's so. it. Cheers. Yeah. Thank Cheers. you for sharing this with us. Wine song, baby, with an asterisk. <laughs> Check them out. <laughs> Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of Major Crush. Meredith and Lou will be back next week with another episode, but before we close out this one, we want to remind you to check out our show notes. Lindsay and Ryan not only created some truly clever pairings to go with their wines, but they're also offering our listeners a super sweet deal. Right now, if you order any three bottles of their wines, they'll send you a fourth bottle of their amazing Chardonnay for free. All you have to do is go to snobbyowl.com, select your wines, and then enter the promo code MAJORCRUSH. Then before you know it, you'll discover what we did. Wine snob wines are totally crushworthy. Until next time.